Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero. I come to you every Thursday from our studios in Dallas, Texas, with a simple message that says, if I can make it, you can make it. If I can go from zero and from broke and from no contacts and no network and a lousy, dumpy one-bedroom apartment and I can get myself rich, so can you. So that's what we talk about on the podcast every single week. Appreciate all the likes and the reviews. It means a tremendous amount if you go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and you leave us a review. It really makes the effort that we're putting into it worthwhile. Remember, we charge for nothing. 100% of what we do here is free in support of the You Need More Money book, which comes out in March of 2018. And you can mark my words, at that point, I'm going to ask you to buy the book. So I have no ask of you now, except enjoy it. Give us your comments, your reviews, your feedback. But sooner or later, I'm going to ask you to buy a $29 book. And I'm going to offer it to you at a 40% discount. I got, As always, i got Rudy in the studio with me. Rudy, what's up? Oh, nothing. Working like crazy. You're not feeling well, though, dude. <laughs> yeah, I got a little you? bit of a cold. Because you're working too hard, isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, you, you teach it. Dude, there's Greater no way. such thing as working too hard. I know, I know. That's such a fallacy and such a bullshit excuse. I mean, you got to work hard to make anything worthwhile happen, right? But what have you been doing? You been shooting for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I was shooting for NBC, who was shooting for Dallas Cowboys. We're mm-hmm. doing a reality show with them. And then uh, now I am working on an ABC drama. It's really cool. It's called The 4%, and it's about 4% of death row inmates who are actually innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, a real deal, man. It, it's, it's super There good. are innocent people in jail. On death row. On death row, yeah. 4% of people on death 4%, row. 4%, yeah. Wow. So it's, it's put on by ABC. Um, they've been shooting for a few months now. Um, I think it's two uh, three-hour specials. Uh, and I think Viola Davis is going to be uh, narrating it. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the first one is about this lady who is convicted for killing her children in Rowlett in the early 90s. But evidence didn't point oh, she's, Is she the one who uh, drowned them? Or that was in Houston? No, no, no. That was in, I, think, I don't think that was here. But she, um, just one night late, she was asleep on the couch with uh, her two kids. And her husband and infant were upstairs sleeping. And so she says somebody broke in, killed her children. And then tried to kill her. She woke up fighting him off. She has actually defensive wounds of that, of being stabbed. But, you know, the, the thing is, the evidence pointed towards her, and then the evidence pointed towards somebody else. And the cops just went for Turned her. it on her. Yeah. So she got accused and convicted of killing and her convicted. children? And convicted, yep. And she's saying she's innocent? Still to this day. And she's on death row. And she's on death row. Oh, my God. What a twist of fate. Yeah. Holy smokes. Wow, that makes our conversation today a little bit less meaningful. I mean, shit. We're talking about how do you go from broke to rich. He's trying to go from dead to alive. Yeah. Holy shit. Let me ask you a question. When you do all these fancy shoots for these reality shows, the Cowboys, yeah. NBC Universal, ABC, all this stuff, are you around rich people? All day. Like, how rich do you think is rich? Let's quantify rich. Um. I don't know because I've I've been around billionaires and stuff. Mm, um, now but, we're talking. Yeah, but but you know I think anybody to me who, you know, you say it all the time. You know, stacking cash. Anybody who's could be like, hmm, I want to go do this, and I can. It could be anything. It could be like buying a million dollar home. It could be you know, funding their own film, buying their own show. I mean, I'm I'm 
I was literally sitting next to NBC Universal executives. Yeah, and but those how do you guys. know they're rich, dude? What makes you think? Just because they got a title, what makes you think they're rich? Um, like I'm talking rich, like T Boone Pickens rich, like Jerry Jones rich, like Mark Cuban rich. That's yeah, see, I've been talking. around Jerry Jones. That's somebody I consider really rich. Jerry Jones is rich. Yeah, he's super rich. And I'm, super freaking smart. I know people around Dallas tease him for, you know, seeming a little bit like a like a country bumpkin, but he's one smart Oh no, I, I I've been around him when we we interviewed him and the guy's smart. Yeah. And he was just he had like a few assistants around him and they were they were just taking phone calls and he'd be like, "Yeah, let's do that." No, we're not doing that deal. Let's no, that deal sounds good. Yeah. Give me some more info. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. just like constant for him. So tell me more about these billionaires, you know. Like how do you know they're real billionaires? Um well, everybody follows them around. <laughs> they, got, they got their own jets. Yeah, I mean the jet. I would say I would consider jets. Yeah, that's uh, a good indication. Yeah, not necessarily for a billion, but that somebody's rich. If you can afford a jet, you're doing well. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about today, though, on the show. I want to talk about how do you get connected to rich people because because rich people don't think like the rest of us. And I, I happen to know two billionaires. I can call them on my cell phone, and and they will pick up. But they're very hard relationships to get um, turned into real relationships because super rich people are different. They see everything different. They're slightly off. They're kind of weird. Yeah, I've seen that. Would you say that when you were hanging out with some of these uh, rich people and in, in the work you're doing outside of us? Yeah, and uh, you know there was a video I saw about this other famous artist who's very down to earth. He, he, he's a mil- you know he's he's wealthy, but he's not like. Well, a million there. ain't rich. A yeah. million ain't rich. Well, I mean, you know, he's wealthy. And he went to Kanye. Different. He went to Dude, Kanye. Kanye. I'm so going to push you on this. I know, different. Wealthy is richer than rich. Uh, okay. So, well, whichever, the, whichever. I'm going to explain it in one of these podcasts. I'm going to go through the phases of wealth. <laughs> he basically, though, to, to, to get to your point, he went to Kanye West's house, and Kanye West was just weird. He was in a different mindset. Yeah. And that guy, to me, is super loaded. Yeah, man. So that's the that's the, the message of the podcast. The first thing you got to understand about is if you want to connect with rich people, and you should want to connect with rich people because they open up doors, they give you perspective. The doors they open up are not just business doors, but they're actually sort of even karmic doors. They open up thought process doors in your brain that you aren't thinking about because as the great Jim Rome used to say, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. And so we are all in these worlds that we have created, our own box, our own frame. And when you get a chance to spend time with rich people, I'm not talking about guys that have a million dollar house and drive a Maserati. I'm talking about people who don't give a shit about going to work anymore. They have enough money that they can do whatever the hell they want and going to work doesn't impact them. That to me is my definition of rich. And I will get into it in another podcast down the road, my version of the three phases of wealth. But the reality is the rich, rich just see things different. They're odd. They're off. They're they're unique. And if you bring the same tactics to them that you bring to your schlubs that are going to the freaking tailgate party, you are never going to connect with the richy rich. And it's taken me a long time to understand that mental difference. And one of the things that's begun to happen is I've began to see it in myself that I don't see shit the same. 
like when I moved out to South Lake where we live, you know, Dragon Country, people go crazy for Friday Night Lights and high school and all that sort of stuff. And I did when we moved out there. I remember like, you know, planning my Friday to go to the Friday Night Lights. This was 11 years ago when we moved out there. I don't give a shit about the Friday Night Lights. I don't want to go to any tailgate party for some stupid fucking high school fucking football game and everybody dress up in their green and black bullshit and sit there and spend their night drinking in a parking lot to go watch high school kids play fucking football and think it's important. Dude, your mindset changes as you move up the economic ladder. And I'm starting to even see it within my own mindset that I'm getting a little weird sometimes. Now, some people said I've always been a little bit off, but I didn't see myself off. I thought I was an average Joe. And now I'm beginning to realize I'm, I'm, I'm different. I'm unique. I don't see shit the same. And only now am I able to try to turn that into a little bit of a superpower versus thinking previously it was a weakness that I had to tamp down and try to be like those fucking bozos at the stupid high school fucking football thing, thinking that it's such an important evening of who wins a high school football game and did I dress the right dragon bullshit (laughs) shirt and pants and shoot. It's so stupid. But 12,000 people every Friday night in the town that I live in, man, burn two days thinking about it. Guys taking off time from work to get the smoker all prepped, get that brisket on there for Friday Night Lights. Give me a fucking break. Get a life. Here's what I learned about the rich people I know, Rudy, and you chime in anytime you want if this makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. The number one way to connect with rich people is you've got to have something in common outside of money. They already beat your ass in money. So if you start talking to them about money, they're bored with it. They already won the game of money. So you got to find things that you can talk to them about. So I, I know a billionaire. I become friendly with the guy. And the only reason I ever got on his radar screen was because my kid is a damn good lacrosse player and his kid is a damn good lacrosse player and they play on these select teams. If it wasn't for that, I had no chance of hooking up with this guy, period. And so we got to know each other on the lacrosse field. By the way, this cat is a weird dude. This dude has his own jet, one of the 10 most expensive houses in Dallas. He's worth clear a billion, supposedly a $20 million house in Aspen, blah, 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 blah. Super cool dude, but different. I like different. Different is it makes a cool dude for me. I like people who are different. But this cat will sit at the lacrosse uh, fields. He'll bring his own chair with his own umbrella. He'll sit in a corner all by himself. He's just different. And so when you talk to him and try to get to know him, if you start talking about money, this guy's like, he's so far past the conversation of money. Now, don't get me wrong. He'll talk about it, but you're not going to lead with that to get his attention. You're going to lead with what you have in common. You seen that with anybody that you're that you're shooting with? Like you start, you know, you're like, oh my God, look who it is. They're rich. And then you start talking about the buffet line and they just get right in there and start talking to you? Well, yeah, so total different story. So Sean Patrick Flannery, he's a big actor. He was from Boondock Saints uh, in those series of movies. He's been on a bunch. He was a young Indiana Jones, I think, way back in the day. Anyways, I worked with him on a film, right? And he was talking about moving to Texas, and he he said, "What is your favorite restaurant around here?" I said, "Well, my, one of my favorite restaurants when I was a kid was Luby's, right?" <laughs> you know, I just I said that jokingly, and he goes, "Shut the fuck up! That's my favorite restaurant." And so, 
Needless to say, we talked about Luby's for half an hour. <laughs> and, it, you know, I was thinking, here I am, little Rudy, second AD in Austin, Texas. It was no big deal, right? Well, f- six months later, I did a film. He was on it. He ran up. He goes, Rudy, and hugged me. That motherfucker remembered me. Because <laughs> of Luby's. Because of Luby's. That's awesome, dude. That's such a good story that connects to my point. If you try to connect with the Richie Riches on money, you're going to lose. Because that's what everybody else wants to do, man. Anybody who goes up to them and just kisses their ass about how great they are and all that sort of stuff, you're missing the opportunity. They get that all the time. One time I went to a meeting with that billionaire and uh, it was in downtown Dallas. He has since bought the building, you know, 33-story building in downtown Dallas, 100 million plus. Um, But when we walked down... The, the elevator and all that sort of stuff. It, it was like he was a rock star, dude. People were like clamoring to get a hello to him and a hello and hey, to everyone trying to get on his radar screen. It meant nothing to him. It was He was pleasant about it, but it meant absolutely nothing. None of the people's atten- the attempts for attention even remotely registered with him, right? Right. You got to find something that you got in common with the Richie Rich. Then when you start to get that attention from them because of that commonality, whether it's my kid playing a lacrosse game or you talking about lubies, <laughs> then you got to recognize that what they care about is your transparency. You must be who you are because they're freaking smart and they see who, who wants from them, who's the taker and who's the giver. And my relationship with that billionaire has never been about taking. It's about, we always talk about lacrosse. And I'm going to tell you a little story in a minute of how I did something that actually negatively affected my relationship with him. But uh, he knows that I'm not kissing his ass because he's worth a billion bucks. And that I respect him for who he is. I respect him that he's a father. He wants the best for his kids. And... um, and that, you know, even when we do at times talk about money and how successful he is, I always remind him, you never thought you'd be this successful. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You never dreamed it. And he'll laugh about it and say, never in a million years. And one time we were on his plane and we were flying to this lacrosse, back from this lacrosse thing. And I said to him, uh, everybody else kissing his ass on the plane. It's 15-seater, right? It's a big one. Three engines, the whole nine yards. Dude, it's killer. <laughs> And uh, everybody's kissing his ass about the plane. I, I looked at him and I said, uh, does it ever get old? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, does it ever get old flying on your own jet? He goes, if I lose all my money, this is the last thing that goes. <laughs> right? But but so we, we connected on on a realism about... Come on, man. This is good stuff, right? (laughs) I don't know how. I'm not asking you how you got it. I know how you got it, but come on, man. This is good living. And he appreciated that, right? Yeah. So that's the number two thing, man. You got to come at it from a pure sense of transparency. Number three, you got to stop trying to compete with these guys. They, They have everything that you have and more. So you roll up in your fancy Gucci shoes with the buckles and the freaking French cuffs and the, and the hanky, the puffy in the pocket. Dude, it doesn't mean anything to these guys. That billionaire that I know wears sneakers, shorts, golf shirt, golf hat 100% of the time, even at work. And you got to stop trying to compete with these guys. They already beat your ass. 
What you need to do is come up with, to them with the number four component, which is, I need a favor from you. I'd like to run something by you. I need your advice on something. They'll give it to you. But if you're trying to run with the big dogs like that, you're not going to do well. They're ahead of you. They beat you. You have to get to them in a different method, which is a common denominator and through asking them for their help because they want to help. But you can't try to be their equal. And that goes back to the number fifth thing, which is approach it with humility. Not underdog, not weakness, not bow to them or kiss the ring bullshit, but have a sense of humility that says, I know my place, dude. I know you whoop my ass when it comes to money, right? I'm just trying to fight my way to the next level. And most of the billionaires that I know, in fact, both of them, have no money that came to them. They all started from zero. And they appreciate that level of humility and that grit and that, that effort and that intensity and that want and that desire. And then they appreciate your humility to go ahead and ask them for some help. So stop, stop running with them. You ain't impressing them at all. The better play, start talking about lubies. Right? <laughs> yeah. What do you say about all that, Rudy? The lubies definitely helped. That's for sure. Um, no, I totally agree with uh, finding the common denominator um, and not competing. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I've been on set. Like, there was a movie I did, and James Franco was there, and everybody wanted to go talk to him. I was like, fuck James Franco. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> care. Wasn't James Franco in that stupid um, a Tim Burton movie with the, with the, he flew in on the balloon and all that shit? Isn't that James Franco? What? Yeah. I hated that freaking movie with that Mia. Canopolis was the co-star on it. Uh, she was like the evil stepmother or something. I don't remember. It was like a children's book that they turned in. It was such a dumb movie. I don't remember. I don't remember. But anyway. What else was James Franco in? Uh, he was in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, the original ones. Oh, no yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. He's been he's been in a bunch of bunch of movies. He was on the new Planet of the Apes. Oh, so he's a big star. He's a big dude. He's an A-lister for sure. But got it. He's just like everybody was like, oh my god, he's gonna be here today. He's gonna be on set. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and all the ads radioed over the headsets. Nobody talked to him. Talked to his <laughs> assistant. Blah blah blah. And like when he got there, it was so anticlimactic. Like everybody thought that this guy was the big dude, and he was there for two minutes, and then he was gone. And it was just so you know funny, man. Everybody puts their pants on the exact same way. Everybody farts. Yeah. Everybody farts. All right. Here's the deal. I got three more. Um. You got to recognize that they play by the rules. They play by, by their rules. It really is the old adage of he who has the gold makes the rules. Yes. And so that's going to let you down from time to time. You're going to want them to play by your rules and want to be around you and reach out to you and need you. And you got to realize that most of the time they're not going to play like that. They play by their rules. They are different. They... They don't see things the way we see things. And here's where I'm getting at with this. The reason they don't see things the same is because they don't see the present, nor do they see the past. The richest people I know live in the future. Dude, they do not care about what happened or what is happening. They only care about what is going to happen. Perfect example. Me and the billionaire getting nice and friendly. I haven't seen him for about two months. 
We're going through the torch at Commercial Fleet in 2016, where we're literally tearing this company apart. We're rebuilding the business based on mission statement and core values. We're getting rid of the dead weight. We're getting rid of the toxic cancer. What I mean by that is people who have been here a long time, we're starting to take advantage of the opportunity. They're starting to get complacent. They're starting to talk shit about me and their coworkers. We had to clean, we had to purge all that. And that cost us money. So I hadn't seen the guy in a couple months. He, uh, we're at the, this lacrosse thing. I'm picking my son up. Guess who rolls up next to me in his Tesla? He rolls down the window. He's on the phone. And uh, he leans over to me and he says, hey, how you doing? How's business? He says to me. And I say, not very good. And I am not shitting you, not for one second. He rolled the window right up and drove off. They don't want to hear your freaking problems. Dude, they want to hear that you're optimistic, that things are great, that you're moving the needle, that you're pushing, that you're winning, that you're moving forward. They live in the future. They don't want to hear about your shitty present or your shitty past. He literally rolled up the window and drove off. That is all we said to each other. Wow. So my point is, don't bring up your bullshit. Be an optimistic player, someone who sees uh, the future as very bright. That's what they want from you. They do not want you to be the Debbie Downer. And then the last component that I got to say to you on this one is learn from them. See what they do. How do they treat people? How do they dress? How do they communicate? How do they say thanks? What level of humility do they have? And think about not mirroring them, but potentially being the opposite of that. So if they're a dick, you want to be transparent by saying, God, that was pretty rude. Buck, what what pissed in your Cheerios today, pal? That wakes them up. Because most people are just kissing their ass all day long. And when you come at them and say, dude, I don't give a fuck how much money you are. You treated that waitress like shit. Who the fuck do you think you are? Dude, that's the ultimate check. And that's one way you start to get attention from those guys. Yeah. Is you could potentially play the opposite or be the person who says, dude, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm me. I know who I am. I'm straight up. And, and the money doesn't make me give me an opportunity to treat people like shit or to get fat or to not work out. You see a guy and he put on 30 pounds, you're like, dude, what's up with you and the donuts? Dude, that fires up a Richie Rich, man. They want to get right back into the gym. And they'll remember you said the things that nobody else does. Any comments on that, Rudy? Uh, just thinking off the top of my head, yeah, because I've been in situations where a producer, you know, is getting handed coffee by, you know, his assistant, another producer, another producer, associate producer is coming up to him and going, yeah, that's a great idea. We should totally spend money on that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I've been in a situation where I'm like, that sucks, man. Yeah. And I'll just, and everybody's like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean, like you just have to be the guy in the room to say no. And you got to be you, man. The money, the money is the enhancer, Rudy. It's a cliche saying, but if you're a dick without money, you're a dick with money. If you're a great guy without with money, you're a great guy before money. You're a great guy with your money. Yeah, but but to to to, to tie it back to your point, um, when I, that that specific producer i when i told him no his idea was bad on the next shoot i was the only one he hired yeah, back yeah baby there you go there <laughs> so. you go. that's what i thought about it's a real life lesson all right i don't know how many tips we just gave out Shit but time. trust me when i tell you 
you number one want to connect with rich people because they open up doors and the doors I'm talking about while yes they're business doors economic doors that's relationship doors they also help you to open up doors in your own mind that gives you a view of what somebody else has lived like thinks like is like who have really gotten rich um, so you want to connect with the richy rich, but you need to follow a step, man. You can't just go in there and vomit all over these guys if you really want to connect with them and get assistance with them. you got to follow the steps that we gave. So, Rudy, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Yep. You're always great in the studio. For those of you who are listening, I hope you like it. Do us a favor. Leave Rudy and I a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Tell us what you think about the podcast, man. We, we spend a lot of time on it. We prepare for it. We want to deliver value. And most importantly, I want you to understand that if I can make it, you can make it. If, you, if I can start from zero and you're at zero and I can get to a level of economic prosperity that secures my family forever and a lot of employees forever and vendors and customers, I'm telling you, you can do it. Nobody expected much out of me and I didn't expect much out of myself until I started to change my mindset and skill up and learn connect, network, and make sure that I was in the right platform. You can do it too. So this is a You, you Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero. Um, check us out, Matt Monero, dot, Matt Monero on all social media platforms. Make sure you subscribe, turn your notifications on. I do a lot of Facebook Lives on Matt Monero fan page. Till the next time we talk, see you down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.